We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good? Happy Tuesday. Lucky Lefty Podcast. The Anor Boys are in the building. Brought to you by AnorWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey. AnorWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. You gotta do it responsibly. It's gonna be a fun show, Left. We're gonna talk a lot of Jared Parker. A lot of Jared Parker. We probably should have talked about him yesterday. But unfortunately, you know. Got sidetracked. And got sidetracked. Had to deal with what was put before us. But today, plenty of Jared Parker. And I would have to say, being put in the position that he was put in as the new hire to be the next offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Very pleased with his press conference, with what he said, and certain things that makes it seem like there's going to be change in the culture at Notre Dame on the offensive side of the ball in several areas. So for me, you know, that was key for me because I needed that. After the first half of the press conference, I needed Jared Parker. Jared Parker kind of broke brought everything back to say, hey, this is what we're here for. That's right. Let's move forward. So I think the one thing that stood out for me left, there's one thing that stood out, and I'll get to it. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Lucky Lefty Podcast, CFB Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, all of our great content, Man, we appreciate you guys. Five stars. We appreciate it. Your comments, we appreciate it. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. We are the home of the misguided passion That's for right. Notre Dame fans. The misguided passion. And we spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We absolutely spin it different. <laughs> what a great line. Left, you got a cold too, man? Uh, I think it's just the sniffles, man. I, I think they spraying something in the air. Everybody's hey. Yo, I sneezed so hard yesterday. I, man, you know how you sneeze and you feel it like in your back? And I'm like, yo, what the heck is going on? That's a deep one. That's man, I had a couple of them. A couple of them to the point that the missus just uh, man just left and came back with some theraflu like here. <laughs> and dude, this is you can bank it. I get sick once a year. Yep, it's that type once, of once a year. Once a year, I get sick and I usually when I get sick, everyone around me gets sick. Right yep. after that, so that's 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 something else. You know what I had a chance to do before I get to Jared Parker? What? And this kind of coincides, and we're going to get to the LL question of the day with this. I went to the auto show. I went to the auto show, and when I go to the auto show, left, I'm usually searching for my next purchase. That's the only reason I go to the auto show. Like when <laughs> I'm in the, when I'm in the buying mood, yeah, I go. I think I came away more confused. Mm. I think I came away more confused because I had my eyes set on one particular vehicle. And when I went there, it's like, okay. But then I saw, yo, Audi, Audi is on something right now. Oh, yeah. The Audis are hard to pass up. I love uh, Yeah, Audi is on something right now. 
Ford is on something as well, right? Because my dad, like trucks. I love trucks. Is that is that the Ford you're talking about, or a different type of Ford? No, uh, the Fords are impressive because I, I, I went with my dad. You know, my dad has basically been an expedition guy since they first came out. That's like okay. the '90s, right? Like that's all he's upgraded. He switched over to a Navigator one time mm. and then went right back. So he has a 23 Expedition that he picked up, which is crazy because he picked it up during the pandemic when the supply was low and they only had one new one like within 30 miles of the dealership. And they had to go get it from another dealership. Let me tell you something. I just happened to be driving his truck one day and I reach on the side to like adjust the seat and I actually did accidentally push the button next to it mm. and it started massaging my back. And I was like, oh, word? It's, it's like that. It's word? It's just and, you might be here a while. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you've never done this, that leads me to this. If you've ever wanted a particular vehicle, you knew what you wanted, you went to the dealership or you went to the auto show and they didn't have it in the color or the model or the interior that you wanted, your options are, to wait, order it customized and wait, or take what they have. LL question of the day. At the Jared Parker's press conference, how do you feel as a Notre Dame fan? Do you feel like, okay, cool, I know we want it, I'm willing to be patient, and see if this plays out, or do you feel like mm, you just took what was on the uh, showroom floor? Mm. Like, how you feel it? Do you feel yeah. like, you know what, they really didn't have what I want, so I'm cool, we, we settled, cool, or do you feel like, man, I'm excited, That's man, based upon what he said, I think we're going to get a custom experience, maybe a little different. But it's going to be exactly what I think I want as a fan base, as a fan moving forward. That's the LL question of the day. Yeah. That's the that's LL question one. of the day. That's a good I, one. I thought I'd connect that because that's how I felt. Because I went looking for this particular vehicle. Was Sam in the – I mean, was Jared in the short room, though? Was he in the showroom or was he, like, on the front line of the parking lot? <sighs> Because the showroom is somebody you know about, like an Andy Lugwig. He on the showroom floor. That's not necessarily true. That's not necessarily true. It depends because they have like some basic packages on the showroom Compared floor. Compared to Jared Parker who... I'm just telling you how dealerships work. They put some demos on the floor. Okay. Right? And then they'll so keep... Saying he's even a... De- okay, so we're not even speaking of the same... Page on him being a coach in a demo. You're calling him a demo? No, you. I'm just telling you what they put on the showroom floor. 
I'm just asking the question. You know, it depends on the dealership. I know there are dealerships that pretty much hide the best in the back. And they'll wait for the right customer to come in. Then all of a sudden, like, oh, I got something for you in the back. Let me pull it around. Like, man, why why don't y'all have this on the floor? Right. Exactly. They don't keep the exclusives up front all the time. And, you know, Jared Parker, in my opinion, won the press conference because he was himself. He didn't try to be anybody else. He didn't try to fake the funk. He didn't try to prove anything. He didn't try to add to or embellish anything. He was himself. And that's what makes it important because if he's himself, it's much easier for a guy who's been around the team already to get acclimated from just different position titles. I think him having a refreshed way of doing sort of some of the similar things that we were doing last year mm-hmm. would help guys that are trying to have some consistency in their own career. And I think Jared is going to add more to it, but emphasize greater on what we lacked last year. So, LL Nation, once again, the question of the day, how are you feeling about Jared Parker after the press conference? Not how you felt at the time when he was announced, not how you felt coming off of the Andy Luckwig debacle. How are you feeling after the press conference about your new offensive coordinator? Is he custom that you're willing to wait on based upon you heard? Or do you feel like it's not exactly what I wanted? But, hey. I mean, I feel as though... I think it just it came down to what it came down to. For us, um, it's an opportunity to show how we can elevate uh, with the right things going on. Marcus Freeman having a quarterback coach is a big deal. And that combined with what's going on offensively, I think just makes this process easier. It's just it's not as an attractive pick considering – Nobody knew where he came from in that position. So. You know what? I see a lot of great comments. That guy, Ricky Doyle. You know, I'm not a Hellcat fan. I'm not a Hellcat fan. Why not? I don't know. It's just, they don't wow me. It's almost like watching somebody else rock it. And you're like, yo, that looks really good on them. Mm. But I don't, I don't think it's for me. So maybe that's what I mean. Let, yeah, I, I'll clarify it that way. Really, that I don't dislike it or dislike them. I just think it ain't you. No. And I think people are confused about how you're feeling this morning. Left. I think we clearly, you clearly stated that you were under the weather. <laughs> so yeah. Oh. Uh, well, Did you take anything this morning? Yeah, you know, I'm on the meds, man. Yeah. It's just a runny nose, and I'm trying to, like, <laughs> bro, off the whole time. That was me yesterday, bro. That was me yesterday. I had to go off screen a couple of times during the recruiting show. Damn. You know, I had my liquids right next to me. 
It's just that time of year. It's that it's this bipolar weather. It's 51 day, 29 and snowing the next day. Well, you're out there in LA, so see it's it's a it's a cool breeze, but it's hot outside, so it's just it's confusing. <laughs> good grief, but I'm good. <laughs> Lucky Lefty Podcast. Let's get <laughs> to Jared Parker. And left, this is um uh, this is how he introduced himself, and he talked about everything being collaborative. It's moving forward as a collaborative effort, but it certainly falls on my name first. As Coach Freeman said, um, we see us as our structure in the shell of this thing, looking very familiar to a lot of things within the organization. By formation, by the way we line up, by the way we get things going in and out of the huddle, those things will look similar. And to adjust and, and grow is one of our golden standard things. And we'll do that. We'll find ways to make sure it fits what we do. But also, if there's ways we can enhance what we're doing and take a step in our passing game or our run phase or how we um, operate against um, highly loaded boxes in the run game and all those things will come up. But I think the motivation moving forward will be what can our players do best and how do we make the ball go forward and gain yards and score points? If the answer to that question is yes with any scheme we broach, then we're going to do it. If the answer collaboratively is no or it's too much, then we'll dump it, we'll move forward, keep things simple as we can, and continue to let our guys make our plays work, which is going to be a big theme that I've shared already with the guys. We want our guys to take care of the football. We want them to have effort with physicality. They want them to play with great details and make our plays work. So sometimes we'll cut the amount of plays and more look at making our plays work against multiple fronts and coverages so our guys are confident and play fast. So that would be where I would start. Again, so appreciative to be in front of you. And with that, I'll take questions. When you think about that left, that was part of his opening statement where he pretty much was saying everything will be a collaborative effort. This will not be fully on my shoulders. I'm going to depend on my coaches as well as we put together game plans and find multiple ways to attack defensive fronts and defensive formations through the run game and through the pass game. I like the honesty that he, you know, is is showing in that he's not looking to just come in and just run everything himself. And he has some humility in the fact that he's not dying on a particular uh, one scheme or whatever the case may be. He's trying to coach to win with what the players do best. Um, collaboratively, but I would like to see who's all involved in that. You're going to have who all? You don't have an O-line coach right now. So, But if, when you do get one, I'm assuming he'll be a part of it. Uh, I'm sure the quarterback coach will be a part of it. Marcus Freeman may have a hand in it, but, you know, it's just a – as long as he's taking command on game day, calling it and making being the one voice, I think that'll help. Still, it's, it's kind of vague in a sense that you got quarterbacks of different styles, so you not can't just be just coaching anything now. I think you still need an identity, you know, outside of just the guys liking you better and structure may be better, the pace may be a little more tight. You know, guys are more probably more cooperative, but you still need an identity. You still need to be able to make it a distinguishable characteristic that your offense has, uh, like a certain quality about it that makes it special. 
we got a lot of great players, but what's special about the offense that needs to be highlighted. So whether that, like he said, be the pass game or the running game or that needs to be included, the pass game has to be highlighted next year. So yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's something that is on his agenda of things to be accomplished or what he or if that's what he meant by we have, you know, great players to make plays, but that needs to be a highlighted feature next year because we have the guys capable. We can't even say we have below average talent. We have the talent to to be a passing team. So that needs to be shown. However, that may collaboratively be done, but at the end of the day, the axe got to fall on somebody. Oh, that's facts. Yeah, so we facts. not going to say this as is, much as you try to spread yeah, it out. Yeah, this is not this is not a community effort because your name is is this is the OC. Going to just throw the axe and just say at the building. It's going to be at the office building. It's going to be right. at the person's office, not at the Google. We go ahead and go throw the axe at the Google at the office. So, you know, I know you want to work with everybody, but we need a command uh, in there, too. Because Marcus Freeman depends on that as well. You know, don't just have him out here looking around. He's trying to say, who made that call? There's 15 different people saying me. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to work it's like a, that. It's set up, too, now. <laughs> Lucky Lucky Podcast. Yo, we're talking new offensive coordinator, Jared Parker who did a fantastic job, we must admit. Uh, We didn't even get a chance to get to this part of the press conference yesterday because we were so stuck on what preceded him. But we're happy that it seems like, you know, the offense will be in good hands, and now we'll see and wait for the results to come on the scoreboards each and every Saturday in the fall. He also talked about, and he broke down. You asked the question and what you were saying. He talked about it a little bit left. Like, what is that collab going to look like yeah. at Notre Dame? It was a really good focus for me at West Virginia and other places. And to be collaborative is something huge because I think, in my opinion, it does two things for your staff. Number one, it makes them matter. And there's nothing better as an assistant coach to be able to see a play work during a game that you helped implement and put in and and provides them with ownership. You know, you don't want to have a staff that just where you take on everything and before you know it, it may create something where they don't grow. You want to have a collaborative effort where they own it. I think doing that at West Virginia helped me to where then if the red zone had a bad day on game day, you just didn't say, well, I didn't, you know, I did well. I just coached the wideouts or the tight ends or whatever. No. We failed. If you really own it, it's on you too. And that's how I felt. And so moving forward, I hope we have the same relationship with our staff in certain areas that they'll provide studies on on a weekly basis. We'll put a plan together. We'll trust the plan, trust our players, and attack it. Now, who is he referring to? Is he referring to the scouts that that we failed, the scouts failed, that they didn't? No, no, he's talking about his situation in West Virginia where, you know, he called plays only in the red zone. That was his responsibility. And he was just saying, even though even though Dana Holderson was the main guy, you know, he didn't just let it fall on Dana Holderson when Red Zone struggled. He took it personally as well because that was part of his responsibility to go ahead and, you know, create the plays for that week of that game in the Red Zone. So once again, the axe has to fall somewhere. That's all fine and dandy. Yeah, somebody got to say, it's me. 
last name, first name, first name, last name. Like I oh. decided to throw the ball when I should have ran it. it. We are not <laughs> we are not sitting up here during the game saying, man, was that a chancey play or a dealing McCullough play? <laughs> Yo, I'm not playing that game this year. Yeah. We're not, not we're not have doing five that. people taking turns at the podium uh answering the same question. <laughs> Post game, right. So what percentage of that interception in the red zone goes to you? And what yeah. percentage goes to yeah. you? I'm trying not to make you laugh because I know you're feeling well, bro. But you can tell, like, don't don't lead with that. Lead with some command. That's why, you know, lead with the command. Say, you know what? I'm going to be able to personally improve the passing game myself, and then we're going to have some help with some chancy in there to make sure he get the right routes we like, but I'm mm. calling it. Boom. No, nah, collaborative like as far as, you know, suggestions from coaches about particular plays from watching film. Like, come on, man. You or about many- particular routes for a certain kid to get in the game and be able to make an impact. But this ain't, this ain't, this ain't, we didn't elect you. Or vote you in this position. You was hired. So there's a little, there's a little bit of hire for a job that you qualified to do. You you not you're qualified to a certain level to where you can handle a certain level of expectations. Mm. If you're leading the conference, your press conference talking about you about to take advice from every single person in the building to build a team project for a game plan. I, that's not what I hired an offensive coordinator to be doing. If you're the head coach, that's the type of speak I like to hear. Yeah, you let your coaches coach. And you let them collab and let them take the lead on certain things because you're the head coach, but you're the offensive coordinator. Your job is to call the damn plays. Don't be having suggestions on your paper that, oh, these are the plays that offensive line guy likes, and then this one D. Oh, hold on. You don't take suggestions? Left? I take take suggestions before game day. Like, he'll say, okay. Well, he didn't say he was taking suggestions on game day. No, but I'm saying don't have on game day a list of the old linemen's Coaches a of, wait a minute, a, a, a list of Chancey plays, a list yeah, of yeah, don't, plays, a list of Geno plays. Yeah, I yeah, got, don't be doing I all that. Don't be doing you. all that. You better have your plays <laughs> that you thought of in the game because, you know, we're not about to be throwing the axe all over the place. But I take suggestions, but at the end of the day, I'm only taking so much in the game. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear, hey, coach, let's do this. Hey, hey let's do it. It's a... At halftime, okay, what are your thoughts? But in the game, hey, just worry about the signal, subbing the right guys in, you know, coaching your guys up, that kind of thing. Look, I'm not an OC. I wouldn't know. So <laughs> that's why we have that's you. Okay, okay. That's why we have you. That's why we have you. Look, I need to know about the scheduling of these collabs, like meetings yeah. during the week, what happens if you have a play that you think that works against a certain team, cool. I like that. We ran it in practice two times. It worked against that formation. I like that. We're going to use that this week. But you're saying, like, that all needs to happen during the week. During the like, week. Once you get to Thursday, 
It's like, that, all right. Once the script, the first 15 or 10 plays goes up, mm-hmm. suggestions is, is over. Because I, I should have heard all that so I can compile the right. Because once the, the list gets set, them first 10, 15 plays is the plays. Right. And then we go from there. You know what I mean? But because you got to. Because once you start, because I've because knowing and being there, I, I hear what he's saying. Yeah. And I, and it makes sense. And you do have an element where you're getting some different opinions because they've seen a guy this week or however where he's really been good at a certain thing. What makes it hard is in the heat of the moment, just like anybody, yeah, you're going to want to have a suggestion because y'all been chatting in the moment. So you on the headset, hey, coach, we need to read the rear. I'm like, hold on. I'm, I'm, as you're looking, you know, you third down. You, hey, coach, I don't, eh, we don't need all of that, you know. So I think it's as long as they can communicate the right way and have some backbone because, you know, that play calling is a serious, you got to have some backbone with it. Yeah. There's a play yeah. you really want to put in. That's, yeah. the, that's the play. And you have to be careful because, like, Notre Dame fans are loving it. Like, just looking at the chat, Notre Dame fans are like, oh, that's great. We want the coaches to be bought in and da da da. Man, let Notre Dame start out 0 and 2, averaging 20 points. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's an ego. I can, I can already see the jokes. Like, uh oh, that must be Chancey's plays in the first half. Uh oh, he must have used this coach's plays in the second half. I can already see the jokes. I can already, already see the jokes. Already. I can this already see up. it. And I had to, you know, be hyperbolic because Notre Dame's not going to average 20 points. And right. look at the opponents they're facing. That's not going to happen. But yeah, this, it, it, you know, for the fact that we're still very talented, uh, they're going to be able to test out a lot of different ways of going about, it. especially early. Yes. Yeah, I mean, especially TCU, early against that schedule, you might have a chance to be the OC by the end of the game. Fourth quarter, might take a each coach may take a quarter. Yeah, for the TSU game. <laughs> Marcus Freeman they may even try to call a couple plays so you never know well they'll figure out a structure by the time they get to I the, remember back in the day <laughs> uh, I think they were playing Washington on the road and there was this kid connected to the program that was sick this is when Charlie Weiss was there they were playing on the road at Washington and he allowed I think he allowed the kid to call the first play mm-hmm. I think Charlie Weiss visited the kid in the hospital and he told him, you can call the first play of the game. And the kid called a flea flicker. And Notre Dame actually completed it. It was like crazy. It was, I remember, I were, it was crazy. I forget which year it was. But it was like, man, a fantastic story. This kid was like, man, I want a flea flicker on the first, first play. Day. And it worked. But that's and a great like, opener, though. Great opener. <laughs> it was like, yo, that's bananas. Like, don't let me. Dude, you let me call the first play. You know I'm calling something crazy. But first, okay, first play against Ohio State, what you do, a runner pass? Against Ohio State? Oh, I'm definitely passing the ball. First play? First play. Absolutely. So who's your quarterback? What you mean? Sam Hartman. Oh, okay. So Sam is that the first play you throw. If it was the way, if it was Tyler, I'd still be calling the pass first play. <laughs> I said your quarterback. I, I'm letting I man, I'm letting I'm letting Ohio State know, like, dude, we about to man. <laughs> y'all about to get smacked around. For real. This this ain't last year. So, so, so you go and totally different game. First play, I'm deep, deep. We play it with y'all, man. <laughs> let's go. That's it. Tobias, right there in that slot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's go. 
Because I dare y'all to put eight in the box and play man to man like you did last year. That's not happening. I'm going to tell Sam, as soon as you hit your back foot, as soon as you hit your back foot, let that let it ride. Let it ride. And and let let fate handle the rest. That's it. (laughs) That's it. Man, that's all I'm saying. That's the way you have to be. Apple Podcast, Spotify, conjunction with Irish Breakdown via CFB Nation. All of our great content. Five stars. We greatly appreciate you. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know how we do it. It's the home of the misguided passion. And we will continue to spin it different. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're going to continue to spin it different. Now, Jared Parker talked about the collab, broke down the collab, but then he was asked about him, his experience, and because he brought it up talking about the collab, his experience at West Virginia with play calling. And I thought it was very interesting how he answered this left because he started talking about his experience and how it's going to play into things. And I thought you started to see a little bit of uh, little bits and pieces of his personality. I'll paint a very honest picture and then do respect by all parties involved. That's about all I would put with it is that um, a very clear message was put across when I took the job that I would run unit meetings and do a lot of things. I was involved in every uh, facet of, uh, of building an offensive game plan, controlling the players over there and unit meetings and all those things. And that was clearly portrayed during that time. I was offered by Coach Brown an opportunity to be able to call plays at different times during year one. Um, and those will be different moments of red zone in different areas. When my number was called, be prepared when it wasn't serve the head coach and serve our offense. That was done. Year two at a certain time at that point, things changed um, for a multitude of reasons. When my number was called, I was prepared to call those games and called them um, in entirety. So at that point, that's when things maybe changed to a full scope of calling complete games. And again, the details of that I don't think are fair to, to, to anything moving forward. But I was tremendously grateful for that opportunity. It prepared me for what this one's going to be. And um, that's, that's really about all I would say to it. Thank you. 
man, this dude's like the most polite offensive coordinator I've ever seen. <laughs> like, you know, he first of all, he was like, I'm I'm gonna do this about as GC as I can. I'm not about to throw anybody from one of my previous stops under the bus. I was all about development, it's getting things together, getting players in and out, personnel, all of that. And when I had my opportunity to call, when I was called upon, which is kind of it's kind of a weird system. Like as it's, a, it's weird because it's like if you're the guy mm-hmm. that got the job in half an interview, yeah. Why are they treating you like this if you good at calling plays? I mean, they giving you a part of the field to call a couple times. You act like you one of the players. This is that 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 like I said, are, are we doing this like coaching got to fight for their position too? Is Marcus Freeman got to see if he's the starting head coach for the first game this year? Cause that's what it. It's this weird, like I've never heard of this before. All right, Bob, you get you get Ohio State and Clemson. Hey, Gino, you get a TSU and Chancey, you get the first game. I mean, I get it that you work your way up. You know, start small, you grow. Yeah, but he's been doing it for a while. Yeah, earlier I, I pardon. Look, I said Dana Holderson earlier. Neil Brown was the was the head coach of West Virginia during his time there. But I yeah, as I'm saying, he's been there for so. he's been doing college football for a minute. Yeah. And operationally, yeah, we we love that you're getting guys in and out, but we talk about winning games and calling plays. Well, I can't place that on him. I'm not placing. That's what that's, I'm saying. That's, I place that on Neil Brown. Like that's I'm not, weird. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's on him, but I'm saying the what? Why is somebody not looking at this guy earlier and saying, "Man, this man just needs to be the OC, boom, run it, this, that, and the third. Don't the, the thing I at least like about Tommy is that he was like, "I'm calling it. I'm calling it. I'm drawing it up. We're running it," and and people respected that. To where he's getting attention, like man, that's an offensive coordinator. This guy is just a guy that's getting promotions. I will say, that's Tommy was very doing. much an authoritarian the way he ran things. Very much so, offensively. Just more of a like, I am owning calling these plays because, you know, I feel like I can win. I feel like this guy Jared is a very much like you said, polite team player. If Marcus Freeman say, you know what? Just just coach just the 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 one receiver Tobias in this game only, he would do it. So is that's a good thing for the team, a selfless guy for the team. But is that the the staple of what it takes to call it offense for Notre Dame to be a top five scoring offense, to be, you know, a, a championship offense? How, is this style you know, workable. Uh, you know, the the even even at Bama, Bill O'Brien didn't have that much collab. Wasn't that, you know, polite. And they were able to do some things and Todd Monkey called I'm pretty sure he had a bunch of help, but it was Todd Monkey running it, you know. So maybe this new style of 
calling plays would be better. I don't know. I'm just, you know, it's a little more question. Well, he also talked about the collab and the connection with the coaches and is he going to be a micro or manager? I think the way he kind of explained it, this is one of the key points where I said, you know what? I actually like that. This is Jared Parker talking about his coaches. My mind how I've already thought about it will be like anything that is uh, technician based, we're going to have a pro that's going to do that part. My part will be to make sure we have unit meetings, um, to watch past phases of our offense and different things, to make sure we're seeing the whole scope together through the same lens. And more importantly, let those guys feel my confidence in what we want to call because they also love it. So I think just tying it all together as a group so we're speaking the same language. Um, in the future when we're able to announce officially our quarterback's coach, I don't want to be able to walk in and say something different than what he's saying. If we're not on the same page speaking the same language and we have an issue, and that won't be that will not be something we'll want to do. So just being able to speak the same language, how do you do that? You got to be able to communicate in the same room a lot of times. So we'll find ways to cheat that time together if that makes sense. So this is a dude in the group project that just want to make sure everybody do something. But at the same time, when you presenting the project, who's going up there speaking for the PowerPoint? He want everybody to get their slides in. But when you presenting something, it goes back to needing an identity, handling delicate situations like the quarterback position. Who is the quarterback answering to? In the game, in practice, if something happens, who is he answering to? Because if it's a collab thing, maybe one of Chancey's plays, the quarterback doesn't quite understand. This is the – it's just interesting because who – somebody's got to be the head now, all right? You know, in any business, you got the head. Who's the head over there? Because he just seems like a spokesperson for the offense at this point. All this collabing and asking what's your favorite plays and I'm just here to make sure we all cope aesthetic and, you know, I'm not stepping on toes. I'm going to work my way up. That's great. But somebody got to be the head over there. And it's just, I get it. You know, unit meetings is important. Position meetings and all that is important. But in the game, when it's time to call them plays, who can the quarterback get on that phone and talk to? Is he getting on the phone and talking to six different guys each time? Is he just talking to Geno? Is he just talking to Jay? Who is he talking to? Because that can be confusing for a player. Because all it takes is a loss, a couple losses. That that big old collab thing's gonna get real small. <laughs> yeah, everybody call everything. Yeah, yeah, you start losing losing Stanford or something. It's gonna be like, I don't know about them calls. Lose to a, uh one of these games that we shouldn't be losing. It's going because it's it's gonna come to a Cheerio size if we mess around and have a, another record like last year. So that's why it has to be who's the leader at least. So I know that the quarterback is responsible to this guy because he's 
one and the same. It's just hard to think that you on the same page with everybody going into a football game. <laughs> no, I mean, I look, I totally get what you're saying. Like everything seems very much in sync. It's the same message. But at the end of the day, you're the OC. And at some point, you're going to have to take control of the team from that side of the ball. At some point, it's not going to be collaborative. It's going to be like, yo, I got this. This is what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, I I appreciate that he wants everybody to work together because that's exactly the opposite of what we had. Mm -hmm. So that is a positive there. I just want to see what it looks like, you know, because that's what it matters when the bullets start flying. There are good aspects of having some authoritarian responsibility and ownership to it that you can you can be that's fixable. But when it's so wide open and collaborative, it's like how do you fix something that many hands are in, you know? I mean, that's something that you experience. I know in conversations we would have, like, no, who do I go to? Right? Because you had Denbrock, who really wasn't a quarterback coach. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he's not he's not a quarterback coach. So his way of thinking about it and why he called the play and what he's looking for, it may just be different than how the play can best be ran. You know, because he's looking and thinking about his receivers, or so it's like I can't just be like, well, how does that footwork or tie up with what you're saying, or what 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 am I supposed to look at to get to where you're trying to go to? Mm-hmm. And then you would talk to like Sanford and he just kind of like, you know, like, uh, yeah, just whatever he says or like, you know what I mean? It'd just be too, or he'd be like, why are we calling? You know, it'd be some stuff like that. Not that it's intentional, but that happens yeah. when you got all type of guys. Like, think about it. We was getting false starts coming out of timeouts. That's a fact. That's a fact. And consistently. Consistently. consistently back then. How you get a consistently back then. That, that was something that was head scratching during Brian Kelly's era. Like, how do you come out of a timeout and get a delay a game? Like, how? <laughs> how? How is it third down? Y'all run hurry up and y'all and waste the whole clock. And what you're saying is because everything was collaborative. There was a lot of different voices happening on Saturdays. See, see this, this is why, see, this, now let me just point this out, right? This is why you have these conversations, because while everybody, some people in the chat are like, man, you're looking too much into it. This is a dude that's been at Notre Dame and knows what that collaborative word has been thrown around, how it was used, and how it ended up leaking into a Saturday and leading to bad things happening on the field. Because think about it. We had Mike Denbrock, Mike LaFleur. Or Matt LaFleur, who is a head coach of the Packers, that's a play caller. Mm-hmm. Denbrock's a play caller. Mike Sanford's your quarterback coach and your play caller. And then you got good old Brian Kelly that's going to call plays and you better run when, it. When he gets ready he to play. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. I mean, all four are play callers that are capable. Yeah. So yeah. what do you mean is 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 it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point to bring up that time period because you're right. There's one thing which goes back to what you said originally. You can be collaborative 
but it has to have an expiration date on it. It had that collab has to expire by time you set the script. And once the script is done, it's on you as the play call on Saturday. With the title, run the right. Talk about that half and talk about at the end. Right, right, right. All right. I think people thought you were hating, and it was like, no, like I'm talking, I'm talking from experience at Notre Dame as a player on what it was like as a quarterback to deal with the collab thing that was happening under Brian Kelly. Because think about it, like Sean McVay wouldn't go up to a press conference and talk about, yeah, I'm about to ask my tight end coach, I'm about to ask my OC yeah. uh, assistant guy, I'm about to ask the guys that are breaking down the film to do. Sean McVay would go up there and be like, this is how I run my stuff. You know, we, we work with the quarterback doing this. It yeah. just sounds a little more concise yeah. instead of more wide open. I'm not saying that, that. That's what I said. His style may be, like Marcus Freeman said, it may not be the offense that I want to run, right? but it may be the best to help our guys win. So I'm going to say what Marcus Freeman said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lucky Lucky Podcast, man. That is the introduction of Jared Parker and who he is and how he's going to relate to his coaches and what he expects of his coaches. In a little bit, we're going to go to the other side of the ball. How does he relate to his quarterbacks? What's his relationship like with Sam Hartman? And what's the offense ultimately going to look like? He had a lot to say about that left, and we'll get to it as we transition. Lucky Lefty Podcast, home of the misguided passion. You already know we spin it different. 